0: Chapter Eleven of Through the Fray by G. A. Henty. This slippery vox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gabriel C. Chapter Eleven, The New Machinery. It is rather hard for a lad who thinks that he has been behaving somewhat as a hero to come to the conclusion that he has been making a fool of himself, but this was the result of Ned Sakey's cogitation over what Mr. Porson had said to him. Perhaps he arrived more easily at that conclusion because he was not altogether unwilling to do so. It was very mortifying to allow that he had been altogether wrong. But, on the other hand, there was a feeling of deep pleasure at the thought that he could, in Mr. Porson's deliberate opinion, go into the army and carry out all his original hopes and plans. His heart had been set upon this as long as he could remember, and it had been a bitter disappointment to him when he arrived at the conclusion that it was his duty to abandon the idea he did not now come to the conclusion hastily that mr porson's view of the case was the correct one but after a fortnight's consideration he went down on new year's day to the school and told his master that he had made up his mind i see sir he said now that i have thought it all over that you are quite right and that i have been behaving like an ass so i shall set to work again and try and make up the lost time i have only six months longer for easter is the time when mr simmons said that i should be old enough and he will write to the Lord Lieutenant, and I suppose that in three months after that I should get my commission. That is right, Ned. I am exceedingly glad that you have been able to take my view of the matter. I was afraid you were bent upon spoiling your life, and I am heartily glad that you have been able to see the matter in a different light. A day or two afterward, Ned took an opportunity of telling his mother that he intended at Easter to remind Mr. Simmons of his promise to apply for a commission for him. And had he before had any lingering doubt that the decision was a wise one, it would have been dissipated by the evident satisfaction and relief with which the news was received. Nevertheless, he could not help but feeling a mortification as seeing in his mother's wasted gladness which the prospect of his leaving occasioned her. It was some time since Ned had seen his friend Bill Swinton, for Bill was now regularly at work at Mr. Mulvidey's factory and was only to be found home at, in the evening, and Ned had been in no humor for going out he now however felt inclined for a friendly talk again and the next sunday afternoon he started for varley well maester ned bill said as he hurried to the door in answer to his knock it be a long time surely said no he started the last well nigh six months i should say it is a long time bill but i haven't been up to anything even to coming up here put on your cap and we will go for a walk across the moors together in a few seconds Bill joined him, and they soon left the village behind. "'Oi, that is how Thor didn't feel oi to talking loike moistened Ned. "'Oi hear the tale as how thou didst not get on well with Foxy. He be a right down un. he be, It were the talk of the place as how you give them a clap between de eyes.' And oi laughed radly to myself when I seed them coming to the mill with black and blue all around them. They want not a hand there, but would have given a week's pay to have seen it done. "'I am afraid I was wrong, Bill,' Ned said, feeling ashamed rather than triumphant at the thought. "'I oughtn't to have done it, but my beastly temper got the best of it. "'Don't say that, Mr. Ned. He deserves ten times the worst nor ye give him, "'and he will get it sometime if ye don't mind. "'Oi tell ye there be lots to talk of him, and Captain Lou's gang be a getting stronger and stronger. "'Oi tell ye to master's it being a going to have a bad time on it afore long, "'and Foxy be sure to be one the first served out.' "'Well, don't you have anything to do with it, Bill? "'You know I have told you over and over again "'that no good can come of such bad doings, "'and that the men will only make matters much worse for themselves. "'My father used to say that no good ever came of mob violence. "'They may do some harm for a time, "'but it is sure to recoil on their own heads. "'Oi don't have naught to do with it,' Bill said, "'cause I told you I wouldn't, but I have some trouble to keep out it.' You see, Oin am nineteen now, and most of the t- chaps of my age, they be in. It. They meet at the dog nigh every night, and they drills regular out on to moor here, and it don't seem natural for Oin not to be in it, especially as my brothers be in it. They makes it rough for me into the village, and says that's how I ain't got no spirit, and even the girls laugh at me. Not Polly Powlett, I am sure, Bill. No, not Polly, Bill replied. She be a different sort. But together it be a bit hard, and it be well for me as I am main strong and tough, "'for I had to fight pretty nigh every Saturday. "'However, I have thrashed pretty nigh every young chap in varley, "'and they be beginning now to leave oi alone. "'That's right, Bill. "'I am sure I have no right to preach to you when I am always doing really wrong myself. "'Still, I am quite sure you will be glad in the long run that you had nothing to do with King Lude. "'I know the times are very hard, but burning mills and murdering masters are not the way to make them better.' you take my word for that and now how are things going on in varley no great change here bill replied polly pellet ain't made up her mind yet atween the chaps as, as is arter to her they say as she sent john stukeley the smith to the void about last sunday he had been out of her for the last year some thought she would have him some didn't he a learning you see can write and write foreign and had got a smooth tongue and knows how to talk to gals so some thought she would take him "'Oi knew well enough she wouldn't do noit o' the kind, "'for I heard her say he were a mischievous chap, "'and a cust of varley. "'Thou know'st it, maister Ned, they do say, "'but in course oy knows nought about it, "'as he be the head of the Ludites in this part of Yorkshire. "'Luke Marner, he be dead against King Lud. he be, "'and so be many of the older men here. "'It's most young young'uns as takes to them ways, "'and natural, Polly, she thinks as Luke does, or perhaps... And they'll laughed. it's Polly as thought that way first, and Luke as thinks as she does. However it be, she be dead set again, um and she j- said to me just the same thing as Belle's hab been a sayin'. Anyhow, it be certain as Polly has said no to John Stukely, not as she said naught about it, and no one would ha' known about it if he hadn't gone cursing and swearing down at the dog. I thinks, Master Ned, we as we shall have trouble afore long. The men have been drilling for four and five years now, and all we know as they have been saying. What be the good of it, and when not the sun, the wages get lower and lower? They are preachments now I'll done de more on Sunday, and the men comes from miles around, and they tells me as truthly, and others, but him chiefly, goes on awful again the masters, and says, his scripture war as they be ought to smite them, and as hell tyrants ought for to be hewed in pieces. The hewing would not be all on one side, Bill, you'll see, if they began it. You know how easily the soldiers have put down riots in other places. That be true, Bill said, but they don't seem for to see it. Oi don't say not one way or t'other, And I have had more nor half of mine to quit and go away till it's over. What with my brothers and all the other young chaps here being in it, it makes it moity hard for I to stay in off, only as I don't know what else for to do, or I would go. I have been thinking that when thou gist to be an officer, or will listen in the same regiment and go to the wars with thee. I am sick of this, loy here. Well, Bill, there will be no difficulty about that if you really make up your mind to it when the time comes. Of course I should like to have you very much. I have heard my father say that each officer has a soldier as a special servant. And if you would like that, you see, when we are we're alone together, we should be able to talk about Farley and everything here just as we do now. Did I suppose I could help you on and get you made first corporal and then a sergeant. Very well, Maester Ned, then we will look on that as being as good as settled, and as soon as thou gets to be an officer, oi will go as one of your soldiers. For an hour they walked across the moor, talking about a soldier's life, Ned telling of the various parts of the world in which England was at that time engaged in war, and wondering in which of them they were first to see service. Then they came back to the village and there parted, And Ned, feeling in better spirits than he had been from the day when he first heard of his mother's engagement to Mr. Mulready, walked briskly down to Marston. For a time matters went on quietly. Few words were exchanged between Ned and Mr. Mulready, and although the latter could not but have noticed that Ned was brighter and more cheerful in his talk, he was brooding over his own trouble, and paid but little heed to it. The time was fast approaching when he could no longer go on as at present. The competition with the mills using the new machinery was gradually crushing him, and it was necessary for him to come to a determination either to pluck up heart and to use his new machines or to close his mill. At last he determined to take the former course and to defy King Lude. Other manufacturers used steam, and why should not he? It was annoying to him in the extreme that his friends and acquaintances, knowing that he had fitted the mill with the new plan, were always asking him why he did not use it. A sort of uneasy consciousness that he was regarded by his townsmen as a coward was constantly haunting him. He knew in his heart that his danger was greater than that of others, because he could not rely on his men. Other masters had armed their hands and had turned their factories into strong places, some of them even gained down cannon for their defense. For, as a rule, the hands employed with the new machinery had no objection to it, for they were able to learn larger wages with less bodily toil than before. The hostility was among the hands thrown out of employment, or who found that they could no, no longer make a living by the looms which they worked in their own homes. Hitherto Mr. Woolready had cared nothing for the goodwill of his hands. He had simply regarded them as machines from whom the greatest amount of work was to be obtained at the lowest possible price. They might grumble and curse him beneath their breasts. They might call him a tyrant behind his back. For this he cared nothing, but he felt now that it would have been better had their relations been different for then he could have trusted them to do their best in defense of the mill. Having once determined on defying King Lude, Mr. Mulready went before the magistrates, and laying before them the threatening letters he had received, for the first had been followed by many others, he asked them to send for a company of infantry, as he was going to set his mill to work. The magistrates, after some deliberation, agreed to do so, and wrote to the commanding officer of the troops at Huddersfield, asking him to station a detachment at Marston for the time. The request was complied with, and a company of infantry marched in and were billeted upon the town. A room was fitted up at the mill, and ten of them were quartered here, and upon the day after their arrival the new machinery started. Now that the step was taken, Mr. Mulready's Spirits rose. He believed that the presence of the soldiers was ample protection for the mill, and he hoped that ere they left the town the first excitement would have cooled down, and the looters have turned their attention to other quarters. Ned met Bill on the following Sunday. "'I suppose, Bill,' he said, "'there is a rare stir about Foxy using the, his new machinery.' Ay, that there be, and no wonder,' Bill said angrily. "'There be twenty hands turned adrift. "'Oi be one of them myself.' "'You, Bill, I had no idea you had been discharged.' "'Aye, I have got the sack, "'and so i my brother and young George Moner, "'and most of the young chaps in the mill. I suppose it's how Foxy thinks "'as the old hands will stick to the place.' "'and is more a as the young'uns might belong to King Lude, "'and do him a bad turn with the machinery. "'Oi tell ye, my son Ned, that the sooner as you goes an officer, the better, "'for oi can't bite here now and hold off from the others. "'Oi have had a dog's life for some time, and it'll be worse now. "'It will look as if oi hadn't got no spirit in the world, "'the same being put upon and not join the others. "'The other chaps scarce speak to me, and the guests turn their backs as oi pass them.' I be willing for it to be guided by you as far as oi can but it baint be- in nature to stand this why does leaf go and hang myself oi will go and this to-morrow only oi don't know what regiment you are going to well bill it is hard ned said and i am not surprised that you feel that you cannot stand it but it will not be for long now easter will be here in a fortnight and then i shall see mr simmons and get him to reply at once i met him in the street only last week and he was talking about it then he thinks that it will not be long after he sends in an application before i get my commission he says he has got interest in london at the horse guards and will get the application of the lord lieutenant backed up there so i hope that in a couple of months at latest it will be all settled oi hope so oi am sure for oi be main sick of this however oi can hold on for another couple of months they know anyhow as I ain't from cowardice that they don't join them I fought Jack Stamford yesterday in Lickton, though, as you see, or have got a rare pair of black guys today. For he takes one every Saturday, it's only eight more to lick, and I reckon I can do that. I wish I could help you, Bill, Ned said. If Father had been alive, I am sure he would have let you have a little money to take you away from here and keep you somewhere until it is time for you to enlist. But you see, I can do nothing now. Don't you go for the trouble yourself about me, Master Ned. Or shall hold on right now. The thought, as it is, for two months longer will keep me up, or I can spend more evenings in at Luke's. He goes up to the coo, but Polly don't moy moy sitting there and smoking my boy. There ain't every one if she would let do that. Ned laughed. It is a pity, Bill. You are not two or three years older. Then perhaps Polly mightn't give you the same answer she gave to the Smith. Lord bless ye, Bill said seriously. Polly wouldn't think nor a boy, not a boy was ten years older. "'Oi be about the same age as she, but she treats me as if I was no older nor her George. "'No, when Polly marries, it won't be in Varley. "'She be a good many cuts above us, she be. "'Oi looks upon her just as an older sister, and oi don't mind how much she blows me up. "'And she does it pretty hot sometimes, oi can tell ee. "'But oi should just like to hear anyone say a word against her. "'There be, no one in Varley would do that. Every one has a good word for Polly, for when there's sickness in the house or oi be wrong, "'Polly's always ready to help.' i do believe that there never was such a gal. if it hadn't been for her he would have cut it long ago oi wouldn't go against what ye has said maister ned but I am danged if oi could have said it if it hadn't been for polly i suppose ned said that now they have got the soldiers now, and marston it will be all right about the mill oi can't say Bill replied not so they don't say nought to me but oi be sure the summits oop they be a jillin' every night and they will be trouble afore long "'Oi don't believe as they will venture to attack the mill as long as the soldiers be in Marston. "'But Oi wouldn't get the price of a pint of ale for Foxy's life if they could lay their hands on him. "'He'd best not come up this way after dark.' "'He's not likely to do that,' Ned said. "'I am sure he is a coward, or he would have put the mill to work weeks ago.' in the protection of the troops, and proud of the new machinery which was at work in his mill, Mr. Mulready was now himself again. His smile had returned. He carried himself jauntily and talked lightly and contemptuously of the threats of King Lude. Ned disliked him more in this mood than in the state of depression and irritation which had preceded it. The tones of hatred and contempt in which he spoke of the starving workmen jarred upon him greatly, and it needed all his determination and self command to keep him from expressing his feelings. Mr Mulready was quick in perceiving, from the expression of Ned's face, the annoyance which his remarks caused him, and reverted to the subject all the more frequently. With this exception, the home life was more pleasant than it had been before. Mr. Morlwede, in his satisfaction at the prospect of a new prosperity, was far more tolerant with his wife, and her spirits naturally rose with his. She had fully shared his fears as to the threats by the Luddites, and now agreed cordially with his diatribes against the workpeople, adopting all his opinions as her own. Ned's acquaintance with Bill Swinton had long been a grievance to her. Their constant complaining as to his love for low company had been one of the afflictions to which Ned had long been accustomed. Now, having her husband by her side, it was a frequent to which he frequently reverted. Why can't you leave me alone, mother? Ned burst out one day when Mr Mulready had left the room. Can't you leave me in quiet as to my friends? When in two or three months I shall be going away? Bill Swinton is going to enlist in the same regiment in which I am, so as to follow me all over the world. "'Would any of the fine friends you would like me to make do that? "'I like all the fellows at school well enough, "'but there is not one of them would do a fiftieth part as much for me as Bill would. "'Even you, mother, with all your prejudices, "'must be allowed that it will really be a good thing for me to have someone with me "'who will really care for me, who will nurse me if I am sick or wounded, "'who would lay down his life for mine if necessary. "'I tell you there isn't a finer fellow than Bill living. "'Of course he's rough, and he's had no education. "'I know that, but it's not his fault.' "'but a truer a warmer-hearted fellow never lived. "'He is a grand fellow. "'I wish I was only half as true and as honest and manly as he is. "'I am proud to have Bill as a friend. "'It won't be long before I have gone, Mother. "'I have been fighting hard with myself "'so that there shall be peace and quietness in the house "'for the little time I have got to be here, "'and you make it harder for me.' "'It's ridiculous you're talking so,' "'Mrs. Mulready said peevishly, "'and about a common young fellow like this. "'I don't pretend to understand you, Ned.' I have never have, and never shall do. But I am sure the house will be much more comfortable when you have gone. Whatever trouble there is with my husband is entirely your making. I only wonder that he puts up with your ways as he does. If his temper was not as good as yours is bad, he would not be able to do so. All right, mother, Ned said. He is an angel. He is, we all know. And I am the other thing. Well, if you are contented, that's a great thing, isn't it? I only hope you'll always be so. But there he said, calming himself with a great effort as his father's last words again came into his mind. Don't let's quarrel, mother. I am sorry for what I have said. It's quite right that you should stick up for your husband, and I do hope that when I go, you will, as I say, be more comfortable and happy. Perhaps you will. I am sure I hope so. Well, I know I am not nice with him. I can't help it. It's my beastly temper, I suppose. That's an old story. Come, mother, I have only a short time to be at home now. Let us both try and make it as pleasant as we can, so that when I am thousands of miles away, perhaps in India, we may have it to look back upon. You try and leave my friends alone, and I will try and be as pleasant as I can with your husband. Mrs. Mulvaney was crying now. You know, Ned, I would love you if you would let me, only you are so set against my husband. I am sure he always means kindly. Look how he takes to little Lucy, who is getting quite fond of him. Yes, I am very glad to think that he is, Mother, Ned said earnestly. You see, Lucy is much younger and naturally remembers comparatively little about her father and has been able to take to Mr. Mulready without her prejudices. I am very glad to say that he really does like her. In fact, I do think he is getting quite fond of her. I shall go away feeling quite easy about her. I wish I could say as much about Charlie. He is not strong like other boys and feels unkindness very sharply. I can see him shrink and shiver when your husband speaks to him and I'm afraid he'll have a very bad time of it when I am gone. "'I am sure, Ned, he'll get on very well,' Mrs. Mulready said. "'I have no doubt that when he gets rid of the example you set him, "'I don't want to begin to quarrel again, "'but of the example you set him of dislike and disrespect to Mr. Mulready, "'that he will soon be quite different. "'He will naturally turn to me again instead of looking to you for all his opinions, "'and things will go on smoothly and well.' "'I am sure I hope so, Mother. "'Perhaps I have done wrong in helping to set Charlie against Mulready.' "'Perhaps when I have gone, too, things will be easier for him. "'If I could only think so, I should go away with a lighter heart. "'Well, anyhow, Mother, I am glad we have had this talk. "'It is not often we get a quiet talk together now.' "'I am sure it is not my fault,' Mrs. Mulready said in a slightly injured tone. "'Perhaps not, Mother,' Ned sighed kindly. "'With the best intentions. I know I am always doing things wrong. "'It's my way, I suppose.' "'Anyhow, mother, I really have meant well, "'and I hope you'll think of me kindly after I have gone.' "'You may be sure I shall do that, Ned,' his mother said, weeping again. "'I have no doubt the fault has been partly mine, too. "'But you see, women don't understand boys, and can't make allowances for them.' "'And so Ned kissed his mother for the first time since the day "'when she had returned home from her wedding tour. "'And mother and son parted on better terms than they had done for very many months. "'And Ned went with a light heart to prepare his lessons for the next day.' End of chapter 11. Recording by Gabrielle C.